Dear Lord, we thank You for the grace and forgiveness that has been granted to whoever calls upon Your name, who receives the sacrifice of the Savior. And Lord, we give You praise that it's not by our might or our merits, but by Your Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, that we know forgiveness. Lord, I pray this morning that You would open up our eyes and let us see as You see. Give us ears that hear. And Lord, let us receive from You. Let us recognize that there are other forces working against us, but that Your message is strong and true. So speak to our hearts now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, as we look at our subject this morning, I invite you to go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at that passage in just a moment. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. As we look at the, uh, the battle of the Spirit, spiritual warfare. Ephesians is a great book. The first three chapters really deal more from a theological perspective of God and salvation. And then the last three are very practical. How do we apply what the first three chapters of theology state to us? And uh, one of the things I would encourage you to recognize as we look at this is to recognize the Bible clearly says that there is a battle going on. There is a, a war that is going on. And it's not just what we see on the outside. It's not just the exterior. Now, I, I recognize when I do a subject like that, this, there are many of there going, oh boy, uh, here's the par. He's going to talk about the devil. And, you know, and there's like really two different perspectives that most people come to. They, they come to, first of all, uh, this side of, you know, I'm just not buying all that, the whole cartoon figure, and, you know, just kind of ignore and denial. And you see a lot of that. That's what most people would take that perspective. And then the other side would be uh, kind of a paranoia mentality, uh, kind of a sensationalism, and to overcredit Satan. And the truth of it is, Jesus speaks frequently about Satan, and also about hell for that matter. Jesus has a lot to say about it. As a matter of fact, we see the devil mentioned 53 times in Scripture. And the real truth of it is, we are called to have this perspective, to recognize there's a fight going on. The battle belongs to the Lord, but to recognize we're in a fight. And God is the ultimate victor. He is the ultimate power. But we have a responsibility. So as we look at this passage and as we think about this topic and this subject, I want us to just be realistic about it and recognize that we do have a responsibility. It's like Proverbs 21:31 says, "Prepare your horse for battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord." John 15:5 says, "I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides in me, he will bear much fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing." He's talking about spiritually, eternally, nothing is accomplished outside the spirit of Christ. Now, with that understanding, let's look at some perspectives uh, on spiritual warfare or just the battles that occur in our lives. Sometimes people will simply look at things that happen in life and just say, that's just a coincidence. That's the way things happen sometimes. And, and, and certainly that's true. Sometimes things just happen by coincidence. But if you look at everything as simply a coincidence, then you're missing uh, a piece of the Spirit, a piece of the spiritual revelation. Number two, sometimes people just say, bad choices. Hitler and Mussolini made some bad choices. Saddam Hussein, he made a bad choice. We can look at it. People who, who are involved in rape or child molestation, they made bad choices. But even the University of New York now has had to come back and say, hey, look, there are some things we can't just say are a bad choice. Uh, we don't know if you would classify it as evil, but there's something bigger than simply people making bad, bad choices. 
The third one would be to be paranoid, to have a spirit of paranoia that, uh, you know, there are just things going on and I can't do anything about them and I, I just need to live in fear. And that's certainly not the biblical response. But what is the biblical response is to recognize that sometimes things happen, sometimes people make bad choices, but also recognize that there are spiritual forces at work. There are spiritual forces at work. Jesus certainly believed that. Uh, we see numerous instances, but one of the instances that we see Jesus making reference to is in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, when Jesus said, after the disciples came back and after people had been trusting Christ and they had been uh, uh, basically relieving people of diseases and even demonic activity, Jesus said this to them. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Jesus had a vision. He had a understanding. He could see into the spiritual realm. And certainly Jesus believed that. Matter of fact, uh, one of those young ladies said, you know, I just don't see anything about it in the Bible. There's no documentation. Well, let me give you a little documentation. Uh, it comes in several terms, that of evil, that of Satan. Um, Abaddon is the place found in, in Revelation 9-11 in the term Apollyon is that of the destroyer used for Satan. In Revelation 12.10, he is called the accuser of the brethren. In 1 Peter 5.8, the adversary or one who stands against us. Uh, in Revelation 9.11, the angel of the bottomless pit. In 2 Corinthians 11.14, the angel of light. In uh, 1 John 4.3, the Antichrist. Uh, in Matthew 12.24, Beelzebub, or that term Lord of the Flies is what it means. Uh, Belial uh, in 2 Corinthians 6, 5, and the devil in Matthew 4, 11, and 4, Luke 4, 2, and Revelations 22, the dragon, Revelation 12, 7, and by the way, these are all listed in your bulletin if you just want to see these for future reference, the enemy, Matthew 13, 39, the evil spirit in John 5, 9, the father of all lies, John 8, 48, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Matter of fact, it literally says this, "...in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them." He's regarded as the great red dragon in Revelation 12.3, Lucifer in Isaiah 14.12, the murderer in John 8.44, the old serpent in Revelation 12.9, power of darkness, Colossians 1.13, prince of this world, John 12.31, roaring lion, 1 Peter 5.8, ruler of darkness, Ephesians 6.12, as Satan himself in 1 Chronicles 21.1 in Romans 16.20, the serpent in Genesis 3.4, the son of perdition in John 17.12, the tempter in Matthew 4.3, the thief in John 10.10 where it says his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy, and the wicked one in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. That's only about 30, and there we could do almost 30 more in Scripture. So the Scripture is filled with references to evil and that of Satan. So we know that Jesus believed He exists, that the Apostle Paul believed He exists, that the disciples believed He exists. The question is, do we believe or do we simply ignore and deny the evidence that's given to us? Well, if you have your Bibles, let's look in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. As Paul is concluding and as he is wrapping up this chapter, after he has gone through the Christian living in the last two and a half chapters, he says this, he says, now finally, 
Be strong in the Lord. Be strong. This is the same word that's used in Philippians 4.13. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So he's saying, I want you to be strong. I want you to stand firm. I want you to stand in, in the power that I have given you as a believer. I want you to resist the devil that he might flee. Stand firm. Stand strong against him. And in and it says right here, and in the Lord and in His mighty power. So we stand strong in the power He's given and also recognize that the Lord is not working only in us and through us, but around us. The mighty power of God uh, that is pervading every area of our world. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, but put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Now, the full armor, we're going to talk about that next week, so come back for that. Uh, this week is more awareness. But put on the full armor of God so that you can take what? Your stand. It's a military term. This is the area you've been commissioned with. Your home, your family, that which you influence. Take your stand for it. God makes His Word clear to us. He says, so take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, what does it mean to take a stand? Well, pretty simplistic, to be honest with you. There are multiple ways, but to begin with, prayer. We take a stand against spiritual forces through prayer, through acknowledging God and through praying His will, through praying His protection. I really challenge you, if you have children, they should be witnessing you taking a stand. They can see you taking a stand by what you pray about. As you pray and as you pray with them by Scripture, as we learn Scripture and as we immerse our, our souls in Scripture, it feeds our spirits and it resists the word of Satan. Let me ask you this. When voices come to you, as they always do, as messages come to us, do we simply think it's coincidence that sometimes we have a temptation or there is a thought put in our mind that is completely opposite of what we would want to be and certainly we'd want our children to be? When we are tempted, whether it be by substances, by some type of abuse, by something that we lust for, where is that coming from? Is it, hey, that's just naturally who I am? Or is there a message coming from another force? If there's a message of, po of, of the positive, of goodness, of godliness, of self-control, if there's that message, where's the other message coming from? That's why Paul says this. We wrestle not just against flesh and blood. You wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers of darkness. There are other works. There are other forces at work. So we are to stand against them through Scripture, through prayer, through our mission in life, through ministering, through serving God wants us to arm ourselves and to stand and to accomplish the mission that He has before us, to know Him and to make Him known. So put on the full armor of God that you may stand against the devil's schemes. Now, what are the devil's schemes? What are the schemes that he brings about? Well, first of all, and that word simply means methods, there, there's this. There is what we'd say distraction or diversion. I mean, if you're... Uh, in, if you're in a war, one of the things techniques you might employ is that of diversion. Make your enemy think you're going a different direction. Make them think you're up to something else. How many times have you been, uh, you've been that place you go, I'm, I really, really need to pray about this. There's an issue. I need to pray for one of my children. I need to pray for my marriage. I need to pray for my pastor. Whatever it is, I really, God is really burdening me to pray. 
and the phone rings. Or I just begin to remember, I never returned that email. Or, oh my goodness, boy, I'm going to be late. You know what? I still have not gotten, I still have not gone out and bought that gift. Or whatever it is. Where do you think that message comes from? Distraction. If you're a believer, he can't take that away from you, but he can certainly distract you and, and basically just neutralize you. Secondly, division. Satan wants to cause division. That's one of his schemes, one of his methods. To get division to happen in your household, in your marriage, with your children, in your church, in your community, in your division. Create division. I mean, it happens in churches all the time, and Satan, I think, is thrilled by it. He is glorified by it. When he says, can you believe he's even talking in that tone? just aggravates me. Can you believe what he said? I don't buy that at all. What about that music? That just makes me mad. That stuff, I didn't even know that old music. I thought I was coming to a contemporary church. Or what are you talking about? They're playing the guitar. I just, boy, I think we ought to get a group of people and say something about that. And what about that person? They don't even belong here. I can't believe it. They're such a hypocrite. Where do you think that comes from? You think that's God? I think God's saying, hey, why don't you stir up a little division here? We just need to recognize the schemes, the methods. Thirdly, deception. Deception. The Bible clearly uses this term more than any other, and it comes in two primary uh, phases. First would be temptation. To tempt you to do things that you know, quite frankly, you shouldn't participate in. Okay? And that's how, you know, no one ever gets to a substance abuse by just first saying, you know, uh, eventually I'm going to try this, and eventually I'm going to be doing heroin. You know, no, nobody ever starts there, do they? Matter of fact, we have one of our assistant pastors, Rob Reed, uh, who, when he was in high school at Plano, uh, basically became a heroin addict. And he'll tell you, you know, it started off with a little smoke, a little drink, and then I moved over here, and I, marijuana, I can control this, and cocaine. He said, you know, and I always thought, I'm in control. I'll, I'll just stop. That's how Satan tempts us. He tells us, you know what, it's not that bad. You're in control. You can handle it. You can handle it. You've got enough self-discipline. You would never do that. Just, just go ahead and start. Just go ahead and give it a try. So Satan's tempting us. The Bible makes that very clear. We see that in Matthew chapter 4. He tempted Christ. and He tempts us on every level. And once he tempts us, and once we begin to participate, or once we get involved in, in pornography, or a substance abuse, or whatever we're in, then it's easy for him to come back and, Accusation. Yeah, you sure are a great Christian, aren't you? You know, you probably ought to just set out for a while. You need to work on yourself. You don't want to be one of those hypocrites. I mean, obviously, if you were to try to tell someone, you know, that wouldn't go well. And he begins to lodge accusations against us. That's how he primarily does it. And everybody in here could probably at some point in their life, if not right now, say, you know what, I've been tempted or I've been falling into temptation and now I'm dealing with this constant accusation and this guilt that I don't want to deal with and that just makes me just want to run away and hide. That's Satan's schemes. The Bible is clear. It tells us to put on the armor of God so that you may stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not just flesh and blood. It certainly is flesh and blood. Certainly sometimes it's people that we struggle with. But what we need to recognize is, you know what? It's not just my husband. It's not just my wife. There's something bigger going on there. So I can't just say, 
if I could get rid of him, if I could get rid of her, everything would be fine. You know what? It wouldn't. There would still be spiritual forces that are working against you. My teenagers, if I could just graduate them, doggone it. My parents, is there any way we can get rid of them? I mean, my boss, my neighbor, whatever it is, you can go on and on and on and recognize that it's not just them. There is something that motivates mankind other than simple our volitional choices. And not to believe that will make you uh, ignore realities of life, ignore the spiritual life, and ignore a piece of what is affecting us in life. Matter of fact, you can own it so much that you feel like that you can feel a burden of guilt and feel a paranoia, or you can simply just pretend like it doesn't exist. But either way, his schemes are working at that point if we simply ignore and don't recognize that there's more going on than just simply our day-to-day life. Before we wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against powers, uh, against excuse me, against powers of the dark world, against the spiritual force of evil in heavenly realms. Basically, what he's communicating is, hey, there's another realm going on other than just what you see. There's a reason that you hear thoughts, you see images, you have desires, and you wonder where they come from. There's a reason that messages are bombarding us. And it's not just the natural inclinations of man. There's more going on than simply that. So, let me give you an illustration, if I can. And uh, this is a song that uh, came out a while back. As a matter of fact, it is a, um, you can actually look at it online. As a matter of fact, I encourage adults, and there's nothing in there from, an, from a visual standpoint that, that's anything wrong. There's no cursing. There's nothing of that nature. But I encourage you to go home and watch this video. And it'll disturb you. I started to show it here, but half of you get so stuck and disturbed, you, uh, you, you couldn't hear anything else I said after, after I showed it to you. But let me read, read this to you. And just so you know, there's a child. There's an eight-year-old boy who sings uh, the beginning and the end of this song. So this is a child singing this. Uh, that the producers, matter of fact, the producer of the song, he has his little son reading it. And he starts off like this. And he says, Dear God, hope you get this letter. I pray you can make it better down here. I don't, make, I don't mean a big reduction in the price of beer, but all the people that you made in your image, see them starving on their feet because they don't get enough to eat from God. I can't believe in you. Dear God, sorry to disturb you, but I feel that I should be heard and loud and clear. We all need a big reduction in the amount of tears, and all the people you made in your image, see them fighting in the street because they can't make opinions meet about God. I can't believe in you. Did you make this disease... And the diamond blue, did you make mankind after we made you? And the devil too? Don't know if you noticed, but your name's on a lot of quotes in this book. He holds a Bible up. And all these crazy humans wrote it. You should take a look. All the people you made in your image still believing that junk is true. Well, I know it ain't, and so do you. Dear God, I can't believe in and I don't believe in you. I won't believe in heaven or hell. No saints, no sinners, no devils as well. No pearly gates, no thorny crowns. You're always letting us humans down. The wars you bring, the babes you drown. Those lost at sea that are never found. And it's the same the whole world around. The hurt I see helps to compound. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is just somebody's unholy hopes. Do you think he just came up with that one on his own? Matter of fact, that was rated number 37, a one-hit wonder song uh, by uh, Billboard. thought it was interesting. 
uh, as you look at that. And if you watch the video, you see the anger just permeating uh, through his voice. So if that's not enough to just alert our senses that there's something going on simply than what we think, simply than what is coincidental, I, I think we have to recognize that the Scripture, Jesus, the disciples, every great man of God listen, listed in the Word of God pronounces that there is certainly evil at work, that there is another dimension that is going on that influences our lives. The question is, to what extent will we allow it to impact our lives? Three biblical realities. First of all, real Christianity is a fight. I mean, we just see it right here in Ephesians 6.12. It tells us real Christianity is a fight. We are engaged in a fight. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, but aren't you supposed to have peace when you become a Christian? Isn't everything supposed to be peaceful? Well, yes, we are to be at peace with God Almighty. Once we receive Christ and we receive His grace and forgiveness, we are at peace positionally and relationally with God Almighty. We don't lose that. Uh, we don't have to worry about if He's against us. We are at peace with God. But can I tell you this? If we are really praying, if we are really making spiritual impact, that does not mean there will be peace all around you. Matter of fact, it probably means that there will be opposition from another spirit coming against you. Let me give you a little illustration. Matter of fact, it wasn't Flower Mound, but I was invited to pray not long ago uh, at this Christmas deal. So I go to the Christmas deal to pray, and it's Christmas, right? They've asked the pastor. Probably, it's okay to pray. So I pray, and at the end I said, in Jesus' name. Sure enough, I had this family come up. We want you to know we're really offended. You said the name of Jesus. And I'm thinking, it's Christmas. I'm a pastor. You knew that before you asked me, and I can't say Jesus. They said, well, that's not our God. You know, we have another God. And I go, well, this is my God. Uh, what God exactly were you planning on inviting? Well, we're just, you know, we're just general all gods, but not Jesus. Isn't it interesting how the name of Jesus is an offense isn't it? It's an offense. That's why the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, and, proclaim, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus. That name, Jesus. You, you start talking about Jesus and see if there's not spiritual opposition. See if you don't experience opposition in your life. The battle belongs to the Lord. Real Christianity is a fight, but the battle belongs to the Lord. We're in a fight. We have a responsibility, but the battle belongs to the Lord. And we're involved in a fight, but we fight in the strength of the Lord. So, what do we do? Well, I want you to remember, first of all, Satan wants to, di- to distract you. He wants to create a diversion in your life. He wants to create division within your life, within your relationships. And he wants to deceive you through temptation and accusation. And we're called to stand. So here's what here's how I want to conclude. I want you to just take a moment to just listen. Matter of fact, if you want to close your eyes, that's even better. Uh, and just listen. I just want to read Scripture. And we will conclude in this manner as we seek to respond in God's Word. For unto us a child is born, and a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And Jesus came and spoke, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. 
And verily, verily, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. You call me Master and Lord, and you say, well, for I am God. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Wherefore, God has highly exalted Him, given Him a name which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and of things in earth, that every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus, who in His time shall show who is the blessed and the only King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, who being in the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, upholding all things by His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Therefore, brother, partake of the heavenly calling and profess Jesus as Lord. I am He that lives who was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was a great voice in heaven saying, The kingdom of the worlds are come, become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. And after these things I heard a voice of many people saying, Alleluia, salvation, glory, and honor, and power, and strength to the Lord our God. I heard the voices in multitude crying out as the voices of a mighty thunder crying, Alleluia! For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. And He has on His vesture and on His thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I pray today that we will stand firm on the name of Jesus, upon the Word of Jesus. Though we recognize there are principalities of darkness, that we recognize there are there is spiritual opposition that comes against us, let us also know that at the name of Jesus, Lord, we know that every knee one day will bow before You. That we know that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. That God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That You will meet our needs according to Your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Lord, we want to stand firm upon Your Word today. And we ask, God, that You invade our lives and help us to stand strong against the messages of evil that come to kill, steal, and destroy our marriages our children, our families, and all that we would seek to accomplish for Your glory. Lord, thank You for this time, and thank You for this day. And if there's one that doesn't know You today, I pray that You would draw them by the power of Your Spirit, that You would remove the blinders that the evil one has placed upon their eyes, that they might see You in spirit and truth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.